Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, it's the rest stop with Brad Restituto. Seven years. Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Breaks a tackle, 35, 30. Damian Williams, 20. Stays in bounds. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2, to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Derek looks left. Derek going to throw for the end zone. Caught. It is caught. Touchdown. <laughs> Welcome to the rest stop. It's May 18th, 2021. I'm Brad Restituto. This is the rest stop. Joining me as always, Spencer Ostrovsky. Uh, we broadcast every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. We are here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Got a good sports show for you tonight as the NBA playoffs technically underway with the playing games starting off in the Eastern Conference tonight. Both of those games broadcast tonight on TNT. We'll recap those. We'll recap the Western Conference games that take place tomorrow and the rest of the seedings in the NBA playoffs as it's up and underway. The NHL playoffs are also underway here locally in Las Vegas, the Golden Knights. In action tonight, game two is there trailing the Minnesota Wild in the series. One game to nothing, but the Golden Knights in the NHL tonight leading Minnesota in the fortress here in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. It's 2-1, to one, about to start the third period, so we'll keep track on the NHL playoffs. Some of the games already final. The WNBA season also underway. Um, diehard basketball fans like myself and Spence uh, certainly – uh, are fans of the competition of the games. Our local team, the Las Vegas Aces, get a win tonight against the defending champion, Seattle Storm. The NFL season is kind of uh, in a lull right now as we finished the NFL draft a few weeks ago and we're coming into o- OTAs. The schedule release came out uh, Thursday. We'll hit some of those as we did not have our show last Thursday, but this upcoming Thursday we'll hit some of the schedule release in the NFL and talk about the Raiders here locally and some other key matchups and some primetime games. But we'll get it started right away with the NBA playoffs and the playing game started tonight. The first game of two in the Eastern Conference, the seventh seed played the eighth seed for one of those teams to be officially the seventh seed. It was the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mistaken there. It was 9-10 to start off tonight on TNT. The ninth seed, Indiana Pacers, faced the 10th seed, 
Charlotte Hornets. The loser of tonight's game would be eliminated completely. The winner would go on to face the loser of the second game of the doubleheader, which was the 7-8 seed between the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards. I started off tonight, and the Indiana Pacers played a fantastic game, and they absolutely rolled the Charlotte Hornets, scoring 144 points, 144 117 was the final by the Pacers. Demonis Sabonis had a huge game for Indiana in the stat box. 21 rebounds, 14 points, 9 assists. Uh, I watched most of that game from start to finish. I was really impressed with TJ McConnell. 8 of 12 off the bench from the field. He had 17 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals. The guy has got a huge basketball IQ and very, very good with his defensive instincts in the first half. Doug McDermott was outstanding for the Pacers. He finished the game four or six from three. I believe most of those were in the first half. He finished with 21 points for the Pacers. They really got production up and down the lineup as they got Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon back in the lineup. Um, Justin Holiday had 12 points for the Pacers, and uh, they really played a, a nice game, and they blew out the Hornets. The Hornets was, were without Jer- uh, Gordon Hayward. Uh, LaMelo Ball was not great offensively. And just too much firepower. And Indiana picked the right time to have one of their best games of the season. But they'll have to duplicate that performance as they will take on the loser of the second half of the doubleheader tonight, which was the 7-8 seed. The winner of that game, which was Boston, Washington, would move on as the 7th seed to take on the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn Nets. And the winner tonight of that game was the Boston Celtics. An outstanding second half from Jason Tatum. He finished the game with 50 points for Boston. Russell Westbrook, 20 points, 14 rebounds, but just not very good offensively as he could not make a lot of shots. He was 6 of 18 from the field. He was efficient from the, from the free throw line, 8 of 8, but combined him and Brad Beal uh, were 1 of 10 from 3. Um, only 3 of 21 the entire night was Washington from three-point range. Uh, on the contrary, the Boston Celtics hit 15. They were 15 out of 45. They really had a nice second half. Uh, outscoring the Wizards in the second half, 66 to 46 was uh, Boston outscoring Washington in the second half as the Wizards went to halftime with a two-point lead. And of course, Russell Westbrook historically with the triple doubles, now the league leader in NBA history. I was hoping for the for the Wizards to have a big night on the road tonight, uh, but it just wasn't their night. But they'll have another chance since they played their way into that eight seed, even though they lost tonight. They will play Indiana on Thursday, and if they win that game, they will be the eighth seed and take on the Philadelphia 76ers. But it doesn't seem like – and, and me and Spence talked about this before we jumped on the air. We, we feel like it would probably be a better matchup for Washington if they face Brooklyn. That's not going to be the case. Spence, let's talk – let's stick with the game that just finished on TNT. Celtics get the win. Double digits win. Jason Tatum, 50 points. Uh, they're without Jalen Brown for the rest of the year with an injury. But this team functions going – it goes as far as Tatum and Kimball Walker take them. And when they're hitting shots, Spence, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're going to have to go toe-to-toe with them because these guys can score the basketball. Uh, they're going to move on to take on the Nets. I like the matchup Tatum-Durant. They may match up on each other size-wise. That looks like that could be a good matchup. Uh, I, I still don't know that I trust Kyrie Irving, but – before we move on to the matchup, just talk about the Celtics tonight. They hold home court. Uh, they have a big second half and, and an outstanding performance from Jason Tatum. Did you get to see some of this game? 
And if so, uh, what were your thoughts on the Celtics' performance? Yeah, this was a really interesting game. First of all, for Jason Tatum, I, I always say he has these big stinkers when they need him the most, like in the playoffs so far. And the thing is, you know, it, it felt like it was going to come, and it takes time with experience. And, I, you know, that wasn't going to be his moniker for his entire career. Oh, he goes three for 15. Like, he's never going to be able to do this. And it's nice to see him actually do that. And, you know, I, again, it, like the Knicks I talked about, you know, I think on our last show, when Boston is good, the league is better. They're just one of the league's most popular franchises. Uh, I don't think they have any chance against Brooklyn to like look forward just a little bit. They just don't have enough firepower, and especially without Jalen Brown to kind of match up defensively on either James Harden or Kyrie Irving. It's just they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Plus, Tristan Thompson can't abuse that kind of wide open gap in the uh, paint. But yeah, go ahead, Spence. No, no, I'm, I'm good. No, I was just going to say I, I agree with what you're saying there. I, I, I don't think they have enough firepower uh, to stick with Brooklyn. Brooklyn not only has Harden, Durant, and, and Irving, but their bench is so deep. You know, you have Luau Cabarro, you've got Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, the list goes on. So, um, I mean, this team is loaded, and it's going to be tough for Boston to really uh, match up with the Celtics in, in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into um, the matchups coming up playoff time of Boston advances as a seventh seed. And um, tomorrow night, the Western, the two games in the Western conference will be the Lakers and the wizards. That's the seven, eight. And Ted game is the Spurs and Grizzlies. And the winner of that game will play the loser of Golden State and the Lakers. And, and like we said, uh, the first half tonight saw the Indiana Pacers blow out the Hornets. The Hornets will go home. The, the Pacers stay alive uh, for one more game. And this is a lose, a win or go home game between the Pacers and the Wizards. That will happen on Thursday. The Pacers are in that game because they won tonight the 9-10. The Wizards, because they played their way, into the 7-8 game, they will have one more chance to advance into the actual playoffs if they beat the Indiana Pacers on Thursday night. Spence, how do you think the Wizards match up against the Pacers? I don't have their uh, regular season matchups in front of me at the moment. I can look that up real quick, but um, the Pacers are a little more healthy than they have been. So it's the way they played tonight, they, they could probably beat anybody. They were outstanding. <laughs> sure, <tonight. yeah. laughs> yeah, they might go to the NBA finals, right? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, seriously, uh, they were outstanding. A lot of guys who I'd never heard of were going off for the Pacers. And I guess that's on me for, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. When you get to the lower bench players of the Pacers, it's pretty impressive. If you can go that far down, but I mean, what an interesting storyline to, before I go into the matchup of a team where the post comes out that everybody hates, the coach TJ Warren opted into season-ending surgery just so it didn't have to play for the guy. And like basically, since that report, they've been really, really good. And some of that does come with health. I mean, Sabonis had a really big game tonight. One, I think it was one assist off from a triple double. Uh, yeah. But it's it, it's a little harder against the Wizards. I mean, you have two huge scoring threats, and I don't know how Malcolm Brockton is defensively. I've never heard anything bad about him. So you would expect him to at least be able to hold Westbrook to a poor shooting night like it's not that hard to do that considering the kind of shot selection he makes but I think Malcolm Brogdon is strong enough like to a certain extent you're never going to completely freeze out Westbrook from the pain or making strong layup buckets type like that but Bradley Beal I, depends if they have Karis LeVert I know he's been you know day to day yeah so I, I don't know like when he's coming back it sounds like there's a chance some people say he's out for a full week i'm not sure but when you're listed as a game time decision you would think that'd be pretty soon 
that might be the key to it. I don't know if they can get it done without him. He has been incredible since he's recovered from that mass they found on his kidney. I mean, what he's doing for this team, even during all the time of turmoil, he was the one consistent part of it. And when they started winning, it was because of him. Lots of clutch time shots. So, again, I, I really do expect the Wizards. I think they've just been playing really well at the end. And when they really do figure it out, it's it's pretty hard to stop them. I mean, the pace of their play is insane. I think they're first in pace this year. Well, they beat the Pacers three times this year, 132-124 on March 29th. And then a couple games late in the season on May 3rd, they won 154-141. And then a week later on May 8th, they won in overtime 133-132, where Brad Beal had 50 points in that last matchup. I don't think Beal's 100%. He was favoring that hamstring that he missed some time with, but he still was effective at points. Uh, the Wizards, they, they had a really nice performance from Ish Smith tonight off the bench, Spence. He had double-digit points. I thought he was really effective in the first half getting to the basket. He was very good defensively. He was uh, active on the boards for being probably the smallest guy on the court. But they're going to need production from the other guys besides Beal and uh, Russell Westbrook. They're going to need Davis Bertans to start making some threes. The guy has not made threes. Every time I watch the Wizards live this year, he's not making his outside shots. They need him to be more effective from the outside. Robin Lopez has been effective at times, but he's not going to go out and, and take over moments of the game. They need guys that can really score in spurts when Beal and Westbrook are taking a break or when they need to kind of have a possession off, off offensively because if these are the only guys that you can count on to get you important buckets and in big spots, it's not going to work out how I would hope or how the Wizards will hope the rest of this year because you mentioned guys contributing tonight for the Pacers. Uh, they got contributions up and down that lineup uh, from Doug McDermott, TJ uh, McConnell, left and right, Spence. They were getting buckets from guys all on the court from the Pacers, and that was without Karis LeVert, as you mentioned, who missed tonight. He's, he's in COVID protocol, I believe. So uh, it's going to be – I'm rooting for the Wizards, their team I talked about for, for quite a few weeks. Uh, so I'm hoping that they advance. But the way that the Pacers played tonight, and they haven't been – that great the last month of the season, but they started to pick it up here as of late. And they played their one of their best games of the year tonight. And if they can double down on that performance uh, against Washington, then they'll, they'll advance as the eight seed to take on the Philadelphia 76 Spence, Let's talk about the games tomorrow night in the Western Conference. Your Memphis Grizzlies are at home in the 9-10 matchup against the Spurs. Uh, I don't know how confident I feel about the Spurs. What do you think about this matchup? Try to take off. Uh, your bias hat here because no. I know the teams that you like you go against all the time. You think they stink, they're not very good. So take that off for a minute and objectively talk about the Spurs Grizzlies matchup. It's really difficult. Uh, Jaron Jackson has come back very recently, I think a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks now. He started coming off the bench, and I think this will be his fifth game starting in a row for Memphis. Uh, they they're just such a young team, right? They're the third youngest team in the league. And it's not like they don't have a little bit of age. Jonas has been there, but he doesn't have playoff experience, certainly. And everyone else on the team is young. I mean, Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman, who have been incredible this season, they're both rookies. Like, they obviously have no idea what it means to win. And then John Morant and Jaron, I mean, they've never been to the postseason. So I really do think that there could be an advantage to the Spurs. I think they've been to the playoffs in the past couple of years, if I'm not mistaken, or at least one of them, I know they were. So they have guys who knows what it takes to win these, win these kinds of games. And I was kind of surprised to see a four and a half point opening. I think Memphis blew out San Antonio in their last matchup, but I, I don't think they swept the season series at all. I think the Spurs definitely took a game and may have been the season opener for the Grizzlies. I'm not 
I'm not sure, but I know they the Spurs got the best one there. So I don't think this is a, a sure thing to just look at the last performance and kind of translate it over. Memphis will have every opportunity to win that game. I mean, I think they're just more talented from top to bottom. Uh, the only problem is Dylan Brooks. He, he's been such a great defender. I mean, he shut down Luka Doncic and, you know, Steph Curry ended up having a pretty big night. Uh, but I would say the minutes he played on him, and plus I think Steph shot really bad, like percentage-wise, something in the 40%. And if you can hold him to 40% shooting while scoring 40 points, I think that's about as good as you're going to get when he wants to shoot at that kind of volume. He shot 23s. I think it was uh, like 9 of 20, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they should be favored. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I just don't think it's such a sure thing. But it would be great to see the Grizzlies and Warriors match up again because that was a pretty entertaining game, especially at the end when they kind of got close after being down by 20 points in the third. Did you just say Grizzlies-Warriors, Spence? Yeah, that game, the first matchup they had to determine the eighth seed was really, really interesting. We'll talk about that for a second because um, the Warriors won that matchup to put themselves in in that 7-8 game. Is that correct? Yeah, they did. Uh, It was – well, for a second I turned it off because it was just getting so bad. They just – it's so inconsistent offensively. And John Morant played one of his worst games like in a long time. He, he never is a, is a volume shooter for some reason. He was like seven for 22. He thought the I don't know if he thought the onus was on him, that it was his time to, you know, lead the franchise. Something like uncharacteristic of him who's kind of bought into the team culture. Hopefully he calms down, especially for the San Antonio game. But again, I think these are it's bound to happen when you have someone who's like 21 years old and you expect them to basically be the most important player on the team. With Jaron Jackson being out for a long time, he definitely took that kind of responsibility on him are we back here it says the wi-fi is a little is oh, unstable did, did you not hear anything i just said i don't know uh i didn't hear some of it are we still uh hopefully we're still live here let me check one of the feeds and yeah see yeah i think we're good and it could have just been a small connectivity uh, connection issue i mean yeah hopefully that's the case but um spence i wanted to ask you about grayson allen uh what you've seen from him Oh, of the Grizzlies here the last month of the season. Yeah, so he's been hurt, which kind of is really tough. He played for a while. He played in the starting lineup, just so solid defensively. Like that was always kind of his thing in college. But his three point shooting has just risen like to a a tremendous level. He was a decent shooter coming into the league, but he's worked so hard on that. Uh, They they really actually need him a lot more than I ever thought for a while, I was kind of off on him. When they first got him, I was really excited. Then he played a little bit. He plays out of control. He still does. He's a lot of growing up to do maturity-wise. Like, there was a really late-game situation against the Nuggets a, a few weeks ago, and he went for like a crazy slam when they just needed the two points, and he missed the dunk. So those kinds of things are really frustrating, but I'd rather see him in the game like going through those growing pains, growing pains than having to sit on the sideline for that. Uh, <laughs> looks like Brad had to go out for a second there, maybe some connection issues. Uh, but no, I, I'm really excited, obviously, as a Memphis Grizzlies fan to uh, see this game, this playing game. And uh, the key thing, f- I think, in their matchup against the Warriors next time is to just run the offense through Jonas Valanciunas, which I know sounds really old fashioned, but that's really how they work. Like once they get that established and if they double team, I think he definitely Jonas Valanciunas would have the ability to pass out and be a contributor. Uh, are you Are you back? <laughs> Sorry, Spence. Uh, <laughs> flew off the planet there for a second, but but we're back. Uh, yeah, I was just listening to you talk about the Grizzlies there for a second. So what, what would be your prediction in uh, tomorrow night's matchup? Do you think the Grizzlies come out with the victory? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say they probably score around 115. I, I think they're really frustrated with the way they performed against Golden State offensively. I think they'll be able to bounce back, and I think that's one of the best things about Taylor Jenkins is 
John Morant and Jaron Jackson aren't ready to be leaders of their team. And that's like unfair to put on 21 and 22 year olds. Taylor Jenkins has just taken on that kind of role for the team and shows them, Hey, any bad loss, like they had a bad loss against the Pistons late in the season that kind of knocked off their chance at the AC and they went back and won five straight. So we know that they can correct some things when they don't have their best performances. And I think they'll be able to do that tomorrow. Well, Spence, let's talk about the magic, the matchup. Most people will be glued in to watch and that's, the Lakers yeah. and the Warriors, man. What a matchup for a playing spot. Lakers and both these teams luckily have two cracks at it if one of them falls um, tomorrow night. But the interesting thing is, is the Lakers have an opportunity to either be knocked out completely or be playing in the 1-8 matchup. So how healthy do you think LeBron and Anthony Davis is? Uh, we know Steph Curry, the scoring champion this year. He's been on fire. I know you don't really love the matchup for the Warriors in the front court. But let's talk about tomorrow's matchup because if Steph catches fire, Golden State can beat anybody in a single-game matchup. Yeah, I think the Warriors had really big wins. If I'm not mistaken, they beat Phoenix and Utah during their last stretch, maybe in the last couple weeks. They can beat anybody. And I think a lot of teams, the Phoenix Suns, were guilty of this more than I've ever seen in my life of putting too much attention on Steph Curry. If you have a great defender, you you can hold him to around 40%, which, of course, would always be the goal. Uh, but they were like throwing so many guys at him. He was finding open people. Steph Curry is a great passer. No doubt about it. He, he is able to understand and read the defenses really well. Uh, so, the, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I guess it does depend on the on the health. But, I mean, LeBron James and Anthony Davis just have nobody to match up against them. Like, they are also going to be having a field day tomorrow. And they have Dennis Schroeder back, who was in the health and safety protocols towards the end of the season. I just think if they have it all together and LeBron – seems to be motivated. And once he kind of gets into playoff mode, the rest of the team senses it somehow. Uh, so I think they'll be just fine tomorrow. And I will see, you know, who wins that other matchup, but I think what's, also what's there's the a lot of motivation. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, both games are at four and a half. Uh, I guess okay. I'll take what, a look here. What were you going to say? The motivation? Yeah, I think the uh, Lakers would love to play the Phoenix Suns rather than the Utah Jazz. Not that they couldn't beat either of them and not that I think they would, but the path for me, in my opinion, is easier with the Suns. They have nobody with playoff experience. The Jazz were kind of upset the way they went out last year, and they have obviously have one of the best defensive players in the league. He's going to win three Defensive Player of the Year awards in a row. Uh, So I think they really want this one. Uh, It's going to be excellent to watch. Um, I Unfortunately for me, I don't have ESPN anymore, so I'll have to find other ways uh, to stream this game. But I'm going to hopefully be dialed in uh, to watch it. It's going to both really both games, Spence, because I, I like this young Grizzlies team. I'd like to see. I, I think whoever faces Memphis, if Memphis does come out victorious, will have their hands full, whether it's the Lakers or the Warriors. But Memphis has to hold home court, and they have to take care of business at home tomorrow before we talk about them uh, advancing as the eight seed, as it's the nine ten matchup, Spurs. Grizzlies tomorrow, and then the 7-8 Warriors travel to Staples Center to take on the Lakers. Spence, let's talk about some of the matchups that are already set in stone. We'll go through them, and then we'll start off at the top. Uh, first off, we'll have the Miami Heat at the Milwaukee Bucks, the Dallas Mavericks at the Clippers, Celtics officially now 7-2 matchup in the East. Boston will take on the Brooklyn Nets. The Trailblazers will take on the Denver Nuggets. Still waiting to see who will take on the Sixers. And the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks found their way into the top six Spence, and they got the matchup I think that they wanted, uh, taking on yeah. the Atlanta Hawks, the New York Knicks. Fantastic 
by them to get there. I think they have a chance to win this series in advance. We'll talk about that. Uh, the Phoenix Suns and Utah Jazz of the West still awaiting their opponents. But let's start off in Milwaukee. The Bucs, who were eliminated last year by the Miami Heat. Miami Heat ended up finding their way in the Orlando bubble to the Eastern Conference Finals. And maybe a little bit of revenge on the mind of the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Uh, what do you think, Heat, Bucks? Do the Heat, are they playing better now that they have Goran Dragic healthy? Do they have an opportunity uh, to be healthy and, and maybe repeat the performance in the East that they had last year? Yeah, I think this might be the perfect scenario for the Milwaukee Bucks. It may not be the easiest path for you to get to the finals, but first of all, to kind of exercise your demons from last year to really kind of rub your hands clean to say that's not the way you wanted to go out. I mean, that's the way you do it. I don't think they're as dangerous as they were last year, at least. Uh, they seem to have lost something, or at least teams have figured them out to a certain extent. It, whatever the case, they just didn't have a great season. Now, they have been playing very well, but look, the Bucks are trying to win a title, not just go deep into the playoffs. Like Their goal is to go all the way, and they think that they can do it. So what better way to start than to get to the guys who were in the championship last year so it kind of proves how legitimate you are, and it gives you that confidence going into – a series like the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think that I don't even think Milwaukee would be that scared of the 76ers. I think they're really just focusing their sights right there in the number two seed because they believe that's probably the biggest threat. And I think they can do it. I think they have the best uh, matchup to matchup scenario with the Brooklyn Nets. Drew Holiday will be on Kyrie. PJ Tucker guards James Harden and Giannis can be on Kevin Durant. I mean, I know all those guys are going to cook and there's no way to stop them all the way. But I think on paper, at least that's you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, so I- I'm big on the Bucks in the series. Spence, do you know the health of the Miami Heat right now? Are they full go as far as Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler? Is everybody Goran Dragic? Is everybody going to be ready to roll for Miami? I know Victor Oladipo is out for the year, but the rest of the Heat players are they ready to go uh, come playoff time here against Milwaukee? Starting yeah, off let's on Saturday. Take, let's take a look here. So Kendrick Nunn is a uh, Kendrick Nunn, I should say, uh, is a. He's injured. He's got a calf injury. He's game-time decision. I think he'll probably be ready. Jimmy Butler is a game-time decision as well. I'm not sure what his foot. Uh, he didn't play in the finale. I'm sure they were just resting him. And Andre Godala has a hip injury. Uh, and he was just reported not to play that last game. So I, it looks like, I don't know if they'll all be 100%, but it looks like they'll have everybody who they want available like, uh, come game time, which is all you can ask for, really. That's true. Very true. Um, it's going to be the Heat and the Bucks in the first round starting off on Saturday. Uh, another game starting off on Saturday in the Western Conference. This is going to be a good one, a repeat of last year, which uh, Luca really had his coming out party in the bubble last year against the Clippers, the Dallas Mavericks and L.A. Clippers. Clippers under first-year head coach Ty Lue uh, under the regime for the Clippers against Dallas. Uh, hopefully, I don't know Porzingis' status. We'll have to check that out if he's going to be a full go for Dallas. But we know Kristaps, I'm, I'm not Kristaps, uh, Luka Doncic, this, this is his time. He stepped up last year in the playoffs, and he's going to be looking to do it again uh, against the LA Clippers, Spence. Yeah, this is, uh, it's hard to say. I, I think the Clippers, you know, everyone kind of made fun of them from tanking at the end of the season there to avoid playing the Lakers in the second round. But, you know, that, that's not the full product. You're going to see they're playing absolutely nobody's in that OKC game. As far as first-round matchups go, look, I know no one wants to face Luka Doncic because he's just so good. But at the same time, the rest of the Dallas Mavericks roster is all not, is not all that scary. I mean, he elevates them to a different level. You could probably put any other star on that team, and they wouldn't even make the playoffs. Like, I don't think Donovan Mitchell, if you replace the Luka Doncic and Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell would not leave them, lead the Mavericks to a playoff uh, spot wow, in the that's, West. Wow, that's big time, uh, that's, Spencer, that's, right there. You think you, 
You think Donovan Mitchell could do that? That's what I believe, at least. I think. I well, think no, I mean, you could be right, but, that but that's a big that's a that's a big statement there because Donovan Mitchell is considered, you know, top ten MVP candidate by most. Uh, so that's that's pretty big praise for Luka Doncic. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously to me he's like the third most fun player to watch, like a be- play basketball in the world, but. Uh, I think the Clippers have this. I, I think it'll be probably a six-game series. I don't even think it going to seven. Dallas just simply isn't talented enough, and they're constantly bringing Porzingis back in and out of the lineup. I don't even know what his health status is at this point. Uh, so I have the Clippers in six here. Well, I'd like to see how healthy Dallas is because I really I think they have some really nice talent. I really like Tim Hardaway Jr. I think J.J. Reddick can contribute if, if Luka and Porzingis are healthy, which we don't know. If that's the case, where where does the depth come after that? I think they made a big mistake letting Seth Curry go. I think he was a huge shooter and contributor off the bench. Uh, and you talk about the lack of talent. Aside from maybe five guys on Dallas, it, it doesn't get deeper than that. I, like I said, I, I really love um, – Tim Hardaway Jr. I think JJ Reddick can add tons of value and a healthy Porzingis that gives you real four solid guys. I think some other guys, um, Finney Smith can contribute, and but aside from that, it doesn't get much deeper than that from Dallas. So they'll really need uh, an outstanding performance and some guys to really step up defensively uh, for Dallas to to bring it past six games, like you mentioned, Spence. So it'll still be fun to watch. Luka Doncic for sure is going to give us uh, some stuff to talk about in this series as playoff time. He'll probably put it into another gear. Spence, the Portland Trailblazers will take on the Denver Nuggets. We know Denver will be without Jamal Murray. Uh, Portland took care of business, Spence. They won the games they had to to stay out of the play-in. How do you think they look coming into this matchup against Denver? This is it. I mean, this is the best matchup of the first round. I mean, that's the great part about having the West is that, I mean, having those seeds – uh, be able to play each other. I mean, those guys, everyone, you know, feels are almost contenders. Almost any of those teams could make postseason runs. And obviously they're facing each other in the first round. Uh, but I don't even know who has the advantage, really. Everyone thought that the Nuggets would just fall off the cliff when Jamal Murray tore his ACL. No, Jokic just got better. And I, they may have been playing better without him. I mean, they're moving the ball well. And Michael Porter Jr. has stepped up significantly. He's probably going to win third. Or he'll probably be third place in the most improved player of the year award, at least in my list that I did today. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say the Trailblazers win this. People seem to think the Nuggets are going to be able to take care of this handily. I do think star power matters, especially in the playoffs. So if you have that more, you got the CJ McCollum's, the Damian Lillard's, those kinds of guys are going to elevate their game to a certain level. And I think it'll be enough to push them. Although I could see it going to seven games and maybe it'll come down to one of the last shots in game seven. I think it could be that close. Aside from Boston, Brooklyn, which we already talked about, the only other series that's set in stone right now, we talked about it just briefly, Atlanta and the New York Knicks. New York Knicks will have home court. And, and Spence, we've talked about for over a month how important it is that Nick basketball is back on the map and they've played their way into an advantageous seed here against Atlanta. They will have home court. You think the Knicks get through this series and they've got to be fired up. Thibodeau, he's played these guys hard, but a nice little rest coming into Sunday, almost a week off. Uh, and the Knicks should be recharged and ready to go come playoff time against Atlanta, Spence. Yeah, this one's a bit of a mystery. You want to go down the playoff experience for both teams. I mean, on the Knicks, I guess it's, what, Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, and they were playing on the same team, which is important because they play pretty significant role, especially Derrick Rose being the sixth man for them. And then you go to the Hawks. I think Danilo Gallinari's probably played in some playoff games with OKC. Uh, Clint Capella, he did make a, a 
deep postseason run. I don't was he on their conference championship team? I don't remember. He might, he might have been. Uh, he might have been. And uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams obviously played a lot of playoff games here and there. But none of those guys, other than Derrick Rose, but his role is obviously more limited now. But none of the guys, especially Gallinari, have been like really important in the playoffs. So they haven't been like the best player on the a playoff team, anything like that. So it's going to be a lot of growing pains. I think this will probably be one of the higher scoring series. Well, I guess relative, relatively speaking, maybe like for the Knicks game because they allow the fewest field goals or f- field goal percentage or one of the best defenses in the league. I, I could see this one going a little higher. They always play great matchups. I mean, they kind of just have mismatches everywhere where the guards are able to, you know, Trey Young's able to do his thing, but then Julius Randle doesn't really have anyone to guard him defensively. So this will be a good one. This is another one that could go to seven games. Although I think the Knicks could eventually dominate defensively and maybe end it at six. We'll have to see. I mean, obviously anything can happen. Spence, I saw you did some stuff on your delivering sports show. You were uh, broadcasting today. You talked about some of uh, the postseason awards. Uh, do you want to talk about a little bit uh, some of the guys that – came out on your list you were mentioning uh, most improved player do you want to discuss some of that why we're uh, still talking NBA yeah definitely I, I can go over all of them I, I can tell you that my MVP is Jokic I don't I know LeBron James made that cry you know at the end of the season I think he's just trying to lift himself up like oh Stefan's the MVP and then watch us beat them I don't know if he's trying to build himself up that way you know LeBron cares about all that stuff so anything is plausible with him and his ego uh, but well, he, he missed uh, too many games, in my opinion. He he's not even in the top three conversation, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't know if you have him in your top three, but missed way too much time in the Lakers, uh, limping into the playoffs. Really, he he um, is just not in the top three for me. I don't know about you. No, he's definitely not. So I have Jokic second. I have Embiid. I know he's missed a ton of time, but still, he's been the most dominant player in the NBA, so I think that deserves at least a little credit. Plus, second place isn't really worth anything in MVP. It only matters, like, you actually win the award. It's more of just, like, merit at that point when you want to talk about who wins second and third. And third, I do have Steph Curry. I think he influenced the Warriors. Like, nobody could have done the way he carried them at the end of that season. But it was a little too late for me, first of all. And second, you can't give MVP to a team that might not even make the playoffs. I'd be like absolutely insane. It's got to be somebody at least with a certified playoff spot. Um, Spence, can we go sixth man of the year? Who's on your list there and who takes it? Yeah, this is easy for me. This is really, really easy. I, I think if you can even bet this somewhere and you can get the odds, no matter what they are, I think even if they're like plus 6,000, Jordan Clarkson's going to win the def- or the sixth man of the year, especially when Donovan Mitchell kind of uh, had his injury. He stepped up tremendously for them towards the end of the season. I think he had like a 5-3 game and an important kind of clinching for the first seed. So I know Derrick Rose, you could say Joe Ingles to a certain extent. But yeah, Spence, can, I- you talk to, can you talk to me about the Joe Ingles? I've, I've seen a lot of tickets on him and talk about him. I thought he was a starter. So how does he get in the, in the sixth-man conversation? Explain that. Yeah, so Bogdanovich actually took his starting spot. Joe Ingles does come off the bench now. I, I'm sure he started a few games here and there because of injuries, but he has been primarily coming off the bench as the backup small forward, which the, the idea of that to me is insane. The guy is so talented and underrated. It's only because he plays in Utah. I think you don't hear about him more. He he would be such a big piece on any other team. I mean, you want to talk about a starting small forward defensively if you don't have one of those star-type players like a, like a LeBron James or Brandon Ingram or Jason Tatum for something like more affordable, I guess you have other star players, maybe at the guard position, he would be amazing there. So uh, yeah, it's okay, but it's, he's just definitely hasn't been that good. Not as good as Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson's been amazing. I'm, I'm with you on that Spence. Um, but let's briefly talk about that depth in, in Utah. They're the number one overall seed. Apparently I'm not paying attention because I didn't know Ingles was coming off the bench. 
but but talk about the, the depth of this Utah team, and they can really make some noise here. I mean, there's no reason they can't win the championship. It's just they have to prove to themselves that they can. They've always had these kind of really close exits uh, here and there because of one player kind of stepping up to the occasion. They need that to be Donovan Mitchell. At the end of the day, they have all the talent to make it to the finals. We've seen Miami Heat made it to the finals, and we've seen like a, a Dallas Mavericks type team when they had Dirk win the finals. It's not impossible. You don't have to have the best player in the world or a top five player in the world as long as you play together and you have that kind of depth. And obviously they do. They have a lot of like starting caliber players coming off of their bench and they always, they move the ball really well. They play that kind of classic style of basketball. And then Rudy Gobert is really that anchor out top. Uh, so as long as you can like avoid having Rudy Gobert be out in the perimeter, which is easier said than done, they probably have a really bad matchup against the Nets. They'd probably get decimated. So they would hope that someone else, if they played against Milwaukee, that's who they'd want to see in the finals. I like that one of those slower games. They can, they think they can be anybody in a slower type game, obviously. So uh, I think they'll have a really easy time against whoever makes the AC, as long as it's not the Lakers, assuming the Lakers, you know, win that game, the Warriors, the Spurs or the Grizzlies, any of those teams, it wouldn't matter to them. Spence, who gets your coach of the year this season? Yeah, I think it was voted on today. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell. I didn't know they did awards this early, but uh, Monty Williams, I believe was voted in coach of the year. I had Tom Thibodeau. This is the thing, right? Monty Williams, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. He's number two on my list. So it's not, I'm not saying he didn't have a great season. And obviously, you know, the jump in the playoffs. But at the same time, Chris Paul just kind of has that effect on your team where you're going to be significantly better if he's your starting point guard. And they had so much talent on their team. So he more or less took that continuity, that kind of momentum in the last playing game and brought it over to this season. I get it. I mean, uh, it's the easy answer, but... Think about what Tom Thibodeau has done for the Knicks. I mean, a bottom barrel team. Everyone predicted, oh, Tom Thibodeau is not going to do anything. He's a horrible coaching hire. And then you go down the roster. I mean, if I could told, if I would have told you before the season started that a team with a, in a starting lineup that includes Reggie Bullock and Nerlens Noel would have home court advantage, I mean, you would think I was absolutely bananas. And that's exactly what's going to happen here uh, next week. Uh, he's put them back on the map. He's making them way high. I mean, even at the, a pretty bad start to the season – he still kept them all together and learned how to play together. And now look at what they're doing. I mean, they're a legitimate threat. I think the Brooklyn Nets definitely don't want to face them. That would be way too much of a headache for them. Uh, just the fact that you can say that about the Knicks in one season is coach of the year material for me. I tend to agree with you, Spence. I don't think you really go wrong either way with Thibodeau and Monty Williams in your top two. I did hear as well that Monty Williams uh, won the award. It looks like maybe that came out officially, but uh, Tom Thibodeau certainty is up there on the list. What he's done turning around this Knicks franchise in one year and having them uh, hosting a playoff series is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Spence, defensive player of the year. Where do you go there? Yeah, Rudy Gobert for me. I, I know number two would be Ben Simmons, but you have to award the Utah Jazz for being the first overall seed. If it's not, if you're not going to give one of the players MVP from that team, it's got to be some other major award because clearly it happens for a reason. And I know they play a good team game, but yeah, Rudy Gobert has just been so dominant. First defensive rating in the year. It's almost too easy. This guy is definitely going to go down as one of the best defensive centers of all time, in my opinion. Spence, you briefly talked about it, but let's get your maybe top three, top four list on most improved player. Julius Randle is a runaway for this, but there are other players worth mentioning. It is kind of unfortunate that maybe you can't have a, a well, I guess that's what first team all defense is for. So never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Julius Randle's number one for me. I mean, the guy goes from like 29 or 31% 
from three. He's up to like 41 or 42%, that kind of leap. And also just leading them and being there. I think he's missed like one or two games the entire season. Mm. He's the only, like, not the only reason they're the fourth seed, but he is definitely number one. And there's not a close second. This guy is just a mismatch for everybody. And he's figured it out. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. It's it's really cool to see a player like that, right? Where everyone kind of says you're done or, you know, you're going to fizz- your career is going to fizzle out. You'll be a career journeyman type thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, he deserves a massive contract in my opinion. And if we'll, maybe we'll get into it. My first team, all NBA, he is in my first team, all NBA. Oh, I talk about how, yeah. So I- anybody who puts, first of all, I saw someone put Joel Embiid at one of the forward positions. You just can't, he's not a forward. That's ridiculous. So if you have to put a power forward there, or some other forward, I think he's been the best one. I mean, maybe not objectively the best, but all the other guys have missed way too much time. You, you can't put anyone else there who hasn't played a fraction of the games this season for an award like that. Yeah, uh, well, br- briefly, let's go each conference. Or Do they do it by conference? I don't think they do, Spence. All NBA? No, no, it's just three teams, all NBA from both conferences, yeah. All right, well, g- give me give me a short list of who you got. So this might look pretty bad now, but I have Westbrook, Stephen Curry, Giannis Attentacupo, Julius Randle, and Jokic as my first team All NBA. Uh, give, give me, the, give me those guys one more time. Yeah, so I have Westbrook, Stephen Curry, uh, Giannis, Julius Randle, and Jokic. That's my first team All NBA. Okay, it's really tough, right? Like Westbrook misses out in the playoffs. You really can't put someone like that in your first team All NBA. But I think if you make the playoffs. Given the season that he's had, he deserves first team All NBA honors, and if not, um, okay. it's definitely second team. Well, do you got second team lined up too? Who do you got there? Yep. So second team All NBA, I have Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid as my second team All NBA. Well, Spence, I like that list. Uh, tell the listeners out there where they can catch your uh, show, Delivering Sports, and apps. Continue to tell them what else you're working on with your writing and everything else. You got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. So I basically stream my show on Twitter, my at Spencer the Wiz. I'll stream there, and I have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is more of an archive, but if you want to check out like all of my old content, it's definitely on there. I upload a little bit before, and I do want to get back to that. I'm going to be making a tiny little, uh, not documentary series, but a little like almost thirty for thirty on how bad the lines are. Brian wants to do that project. Uh, Brian Feldman, who I work for. And I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be editing. It's going to be a really exciting project about how they're the worst fra- team franchise ever. Uh, but everything else uh, you can pretty much find on grabit.com, G-R-A-B-E-T.com. Uh, I post my show in there, some Blue Moat Boys stuff if we talk about, you know, pop culture podcasts. But, and I also have my YouTube channel, uh, Blue Moat Boys Gaming, where, you know, my daily content goes. If you're interested in trading card games or I'm doing TV shows now and movies, I'm, I'm expanding. So I think there's probably going to be something for everybody uh, come soon. And Spence, uh, I saw one of your articles with uh, Orlando oh, yeah. Sports to talk about that too. <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot about that, right? So much going on. Uh, so I did get a small writing gig with uh, Fanat- or Fantastic, or I can't think of the name. Now I work for them, right? But uh, it, they own a bunch of fan websites, and I'm on the Orlando Magic one. I got hired by them. Uh, I post my articles. I retweet, retweet them from the Orlando Magic Daily Twitter account. Uh, I try to do like one a week and I don't know if you're from Orlando or you like NBA content. I'm interested in what they did this season. I think it's fascinating. I think they made a lot of great moves. I already think they're doing a lot of wrong things, but you know me, every time I get clean to a team, there's always something wrong with it. That drives me nuts. And I've already identified a few of those. So maybe I'll be able to write about them. Uh, you guys go check it out again at Spencer the Wiz where I'm trying to homogenize and show everybody my content for everything. Not just like one side of myself anymore. 
There it is. It's the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, if you miss any part of the live show, make sure you check out the audio version of the podcast. Any of your podcasting platforms, search Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop will be underneath there. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Brad the Believer is where you can find the YouTube channel. And, of course, go to twitch.tv slash Football. Watch us live as we do the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Spence, uh, let's hit the NHL playoff scoreboards as some games tonight. Uh, the Canucks beat the Flames 4-2. to two. Uh, The Penguins, they tie up the series with the Islanders. They win 2-1 to one in Pittsburgh tonight. The Lightning take a 2 nothing series lead over the Florida Panthers. The Lightning, they win 3-1 to one tonight. And, of course, here locally at the Fortress at T-Mobile Arena, the Knights looking to even up the series with the Minnesota Wild. About a minute 45 left. The Gold Knights holding on to a 2-1 to one lead. Jonathan Marshall and Alex Tuck have a goal each for the Golden Knights as the uh, Wild have had their number for the most part uh, since the existence of the Golden Knights. So the Knights, uh, 40 and 14 on the year, looking to – this is really kind of a must-win for them, looking to hold on here in the last two minutes. Uh, talk about the Golden Knights hockey team, Spencer, locally looking to hold on to a big win to even up the series against the Wild. Yeah, they're, they're Stanley Cup favorites, but that's kind of the hometown tax, I think. Uh, whenever there's Vegas teams, and especially if Oakland A's come here, there's definitely going to be some pretty bad odds for the team, whatever reason. Uh, but that's not too important. Uh, they are the best team in hockey, in my opinion. Now, I haven't been watching but for three years, so I can't say I'm a pure NHL expert. But as you watch them and you think about how much talent they have on their team, Mark Stone is obviously like a top 10 player in hockey. Shea Theodore is the best scoring defenseman in the league, pretty much is undebatable. And then you have... The best goalie, Marc-Andre Fleur, statistically, is just a dominant force. So when you have all that together and then you add Petrangelo in the offseason, you can go down the rest of the list of guys. Uh, Pacioretty knows I kind of hate him. I think he's more of a Russell Westbrook high-volume kind of guy that takes really bad shots. Uh, but you, Minnesota just seems to have their ticket. I mean, they, they have a deep line, too. That's kind of the advantage. That's what Vegas does, where they have so many great lines coming at you that you're able to kind of tire you out or one of the later lines is able to take advantage of less talented people around them. Uh, but they got to take better shots. They really like to just chuck it on net. I'm not a hockey expert and I, everyone seems to think like, Oh, you throw it on the net. Anything can happen, but I don't really think that's how you win hockey games. I think it's about setting up players. I think it's about quality shots more than the most. And maybe you get quality shots from shooting the most times, but I don't think Vegas does that. And clearly it's backfires on them. Sometimes they scored zero goals in the first game. Let's playoff hockey for the most part. It really starts to ramp up defensively. I think they'll be fine. Uh, looks like they're up 2-1 right now with like two minutes left in the uh, game. So hopefully they can hold on to that because you can't go 0-2 at home. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's really tough for them. I think no, they could can. do it, but yeah, <laughs> anything can happen in sports. But you don't want to play two away games and then be down 0-2. It's, it's a really tough position to be in. But um, yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to go really deep in this postseason. I'm not sure anyone can stop them. I really think they have that special group of guys on their team. Spence, maybe you can update me with, with the Golden Knights here because I know last year they acquired Robin Leonard, who was the starting goaltender in the playoffs last season for the Golden Knights. It looks like Flurry has got the first two starts here. Tell me how that goaltending tandem has matched up and why Flurry is getting the nod here in the first series. Has he been the starter for most of the season for the Knights, or how have they interchanged between Leonard and Marc Andre Flurry? Yeah, so when they traded for him, there was a lot of animosity. I think his agent, Leonard's agent, came out and said something bad about the situation. But since then, they, they've actually become friends, and it looks like they genuinely enjoyed the competition. They're both really good. They're both probably top five uh, goalies right now in the NHL, not top 10, probably more realistically top 10. But I think Leonard understands this. First of all, he's getting paid, so who cares at the most part? I know you want to play, but it's not like, oh, they underpaid him and you just kind of are lackey. He knows as soon as Flurry retires, and I think if they win a Stanley Cup, Flurry's like, all right, I'm good. 
I would imagine. I mean, he's playing some of the best goalie I've ever seen in my life, which I guess is probably like five years, but he's been the best goalie like in the entire league, like no doubt, no one would say anything differently. He's been that good. So at some point you just have to simply say, okay, whatever, for whatever reason, this 36 year old or 37 year old man is just dominating the league. So we have to play him. And I think Leonard's like, yeah, that makes sense. If I was doing that, I'm sure you would have started me too. And again, once he retires, Robin Leonard knows he'll be the franchise goalie for like eight, 10 years from now. I don't think he's really worried about it in the microcosm of like what's going on. He will play a little bit in the playoffs, but just not that much. So is it just that Flurry has played so great and he's taken yeah. over the starting position in the last couple months, or has this been like the entire year? Because I, yeah. I have not followed closely enough, Spence. Yeah, so they they played they flip flop in the beginning of the year, like they would have one 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 or maybe two one, like but it was pretty even out. Like they would play just about the same amount of games, and then the key of the season, like what really happened, is Rob Leonard got hurt, and then you know Flurry takes on the full starting role, and since he took on that role, he's just been on such a tear that it's impossible to bring him back. They did a little bit when Rob Leonard came back, but they only played him a few games and it's since then this is flurry's team you know to goaltend for however long they want him to i think he'll probably start in the majority and if they play any games like maybe back to back for whatever reason i don't know if you do that in playoff hockey but you know maybe they'll go two one like to start the first away game if they're up two zero in a series i could see them putting leonard at that point because he would be a great goaltender too to have in any playoff game yeah, and the Golden Knights are going to even up this series with under a minute left. Power play goal by Alex Tuck, his second goal of the evening, and the Golden Knights are up 3-1 to one with under a minute left. They will even up this series, Spence, at one game apiece in the NHL playoffs here in Las Vegas. Uh, Spence will transition out of the NHL, and we'll talk about some hot-button topics that have been trending on Twitter here the last week, and uh, some of that has been Kwame Brown, former first overall draft pick in the NBA. He played in the Big Three a few years ago. Um, he was – Topic of conversation between former teammate Gilbert Arenas, Matt Barnes, and Steven Jackson in the uh, All the Smoke podcast that Jackson and Barnes do. Spence, if you have a, a little bit of audio, maybe from uh, Kwame Brown or how the whatever you have here, Spence. Do, yeah, I think uh, it was his response to something on Instagram because everyone's so important these days. They have to go live and talk about something. Right. But here we go. Because you talking about that's how much you know about me. Stop mentioning grown-ass men you don't know shit about. Tell your white daddy that you're not going to talk about black men anymore. And let's see how long you niggas keep a job. I guarantee you niggas will not keep a job if you don't do what they tell you to do, which is disrespect black men. So you niggas keep trying to flip it because you niggas got everybody thinking you're pro-black and you're tough. <laughs> but you're not neither. You're not neither. So we're going to prove that you niggas is pawns for some white people that hired you. Because I guarantee you the next podcast, you niggas will be talking bad. And not even just stats. Because you niggas don't do no stats. You don't do no analytics. You don't do none of that. All you do is give your motherfucking opinion in a very disrespectful way about black males. That's all you niggas do. So that's not a job to me. And that's not a job that I want. You niggas are pawns. And I'm a king. That's why I ain't talking about nobody. You boys have a good morning. Wow. Spence, have you followed this kind of uh, trending on Twitter, this little beef that's gone on? Or or are you just catching eye to it here in the last uh, few hours? (laughs) I I had no idea what was going on. I I can't imagine... uh, if I if I if you ever catch me listening to a Matt Barnes podcast, I mean you gotta end me on the spot. That sounds like rock bottom to me. Uh, so no, I, I don't intently listen to their podcast and all this craziness. 
this to me is just the epitome of everyone thinking they're so important on social media. What are we doing here? I mean, who is listening to this too? Who consumes this kind of content? There's so much more meaning to life. I want pe- people need to go outside and touch grass. Like that's what I feel about the situation the most. I mean, Spence, this uh, Kwame Brown was top ten trending on Twitter here uh, over the weekend, and I've got to tell you a secondhand Kwame Brown story here, real quick. I believe this was around uh, the last time we had summer league up and going here in Vegas. Of course, we missed it last year. I think I might have been driving Lyft or something, and. Kwame Brown's brother or cousin was in my ride. This was right after the big three first season. And uh, we exchanged numbers and I was working uh, with Lotus broadcasting at the, at the time and uh, talked about getting Kwame on as a guest. We exchanged numbers. He messaged me and I, I wasn't running a podcast myself at the time. So I threw it off a couple guys and nobody really they didn't show much interest. So I, I just never followed up. Little did I know that if I, if I would have had my podcast going or fo- followed up, how uh, entertaining Kwame Brown has been across the Twitter and basketball landscape, apparently, uh, now that he's come out. Uh, he's put out a video, I believe, two or three straight days, really firing back at Barnes, at uh, Steven Jackson, Gilbert Arenas. Spence, you'll have to go back if you have some time and look at how this all started and and the clap back from Kwame Brown. It is, uh, I know it's mindless, but it's at least worth uh, understanding where it all comes from. <laughs> I know you're, uh, you just told told us to end you if you are caught listening <laughs> to a Matt Barnes podcast. But uh, the Twitter world is entertained. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've been talking about this with my, with, uh, my friend Kevin recently. I, I think the world would be better if Twitter didn't exist. I just think there's nothing good that goes on over there. To just have everyone spill every single thought that they have out at all times of the day, I, I don't think is a good thing to have in a society. We need more Facebooks where you kind of make posts periodically. TikTok is fine. It's more, you know, like performance art, whatever you want to call it, like jokes and everything like that. Twitter is just so a cesspool of whatever you want to call it. But I get it. I mean, drama is interesting. It's, you know, there's so much bad things that go on in the world. Sometimes you just want to hear about Kwame Brown complain about some podcasts. So everybody needs an out. <laughs> there you go. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow everything he does uh, at Spencer the Wiz and Blue Milk Boys Gaming is his uh, Instagram and also his YouTube handle or I'm not, not YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Spence, anything else you want to hit on before we wrap up tonight? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I talk about the Aces, I guess, if, if you care to listen to that. No, for a absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I watched uh, some of the game, not all of it. And, you know, Caleb McBride left. They signed Chelsea Gray to kind of fill that role. And she's been fine. Uh, Jackie Brown had like 10 free throws today, but what really bothers me and, you know, they're one and one now they split the series. They have this little mini series I have with Seattle storm. Liz Cambage is the most dominant player in the NBA to me. I think she's just unguardable physically speaking. I mean like Shaq esque. what I'm not saying that she's as good as Shaq, but you know what I mean? Comparatively speaking uh, to the rest of the talent in the WNBA, why is she spending most of her time at the top of the three-point arc, running the offense or facilitating the ball? Asia Wilson gets more touches in the paint than she does, which is fine. I mean, she won MVP last year, but come on. I think you got to park Liz Gambage in the post. If they don't double-team her, then you can just pass it to anybody, and Kelsey Plum would probably be one of those. I don't think she's starting right now to hit some of those threes. This is how I feel uh, this year, right? You either win a championship like you should have the past two years, or you got to start firing people. I know Bill Lambeer is a money grab where, you know, you get people to come to games because, oh, it's Bill Lambeer from the bad boys. I still think it's more marketable for you to win. Let's say they've won two championships so far like they should have, right? Well, okay, you want to transition over here. Like, 
okay, you can rectify that by at least winning one. If he doesn't do this season, there's something seriously wrong when you have Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson on the same team and you're not winning basketball games at a high rate. At the very least, going to the final, it's not getting bounced in the first round. That's super embarrassing to me. It's very, very wrong. Yes, yeah, Spence. Uh, I, I watched the first matchup where the, the Storm pulled away uh, after the first quarter, taking care of the Aces, and, and Cambage was dominant the first five minutes of the game. It looks like she's still trying to get into shape here. I know she, I thought she played overseas, so I don't know why she's not in the shape she needs to be in, but it was talked about in the broadcast and she was pulled early in the game. So it looks like she's trying to get her conditioning up the par um, for this season here. But once she does, I agree. She is physically a force uh, that's almost second to none in the WNBA. And with Asia Wilson, the reigning MVP, Kelsey Plum healthy this year, Jackie Young, uh, the Aces should be in, in position to make a run uh, deep into the playoffs this year as some uh, some big players are going to miss some time traveling for the Olympics for the 3v3. Uh, there's going to be a big break in the season. So the Aces will have a chance to get healthy during that break if they should stumble with some injuries this year. I know they lost um, Angel McCautry to an injury, a, a big important player on their roster. But with Cam Beige, if she stays healthy, with Asia Wilson, Kel- Kelsey Plum, this team, you know, Derek Hamby, there's no reason they should not. Uh, they are one of the betting favorites to win the WNBA title, and there's no reason they shouldn't be able to follow through. Uh, nice win for them tonight to even up the series against the Seattle Storm. Sue Bird, this could be her last year in the WNBA. She's had 10-plus great seasons, but she's nicked up, you know, grabbing a, an ankle or a knee here and there. I just don't know that she's going to be able to hold up health-wise the rest of the year. So you're going to really have to rely – on Brianna Stewart from Seattle, the reigning champions, to really come through if you're talking about a team that that, that is a formidable foe against uh, the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, the Washington Mystics are going to be without Deladon for a while. They have some of their other uh, big players that are, are not in the lineup, so I'm not really worried about the Washington Mystics uh, as a contender. We talked about Sabrina Ionescu, who played at Oregon, triple-double tonight. Uh, she lost her season in the WNBA early last year to injury, but she's healthy this year, and the Liberty are off to a 3-0 start. So she's certainly a game-changer, number one overall pick, Spence. Yeah, I love the WNBA. I really do. I think it's – if you want to talk about, like, old heads who say they hate the modern game of basketball, watch some WNBA. There's no dongs, but who I really don't care about dongs. Most of them are so boring. Even though the dunk contest is washed now, I, some of the athletic stuff is nice. But if you really like ball movement and kind of the old-fashioned, like, back to the basket that still kind of dominates in the WNBA – it's a great product to watch. And I think Ionoscu is going to be able to kind of do that for the WNBA. She's exciting. She gets triple doubles all the time. People are going to watch. They just, they really have to move the game to 12 minutes a quarter. I think that is so important because the first criticism for the WNBA always is, oh, look at the stat line or the, the box score, whatever you want to call it. And no, if they play 12 minutes where they score, you know, 110 points, no, but they'd probably be like at least 100. And that's just, I think, more entertaining. And you just, if you can take that kind of feel away from people who hate women or just don't like the WNBA, uh, I think that you kind of introduce a lot of new people to the game. If you want more triple doubles, you need more minutes. The fact that she was able to do that in such a short amount of time at her age as well is amazing. So there's a lot of talent. And again, I always say this too about the WNBA, very passionate, right? If you go back to the first, let's say, 10 years or 20 years of the NBA, there's not a lot of classic, oh, you remember this guy? He'd be so good in today's game. It takes time. Like Women are just now finding out or just now developing the idea that they can play basketball at a professional level. There's all these videos coming out of these really talented girls. They just believe that there's actually a career path for them to do this. So 
as the WNBA goes on, there will be much more talented women coming into the league. When there wasn't as much talent before, a lot of the new draft classes have mainstays, like all-star mainstays. You're going to see that so much more the more the years go on. I think it's going to be around for a really long time, So, or at least I hope it does. Spence, I'm with you, but I think, unfortunately, we're in the minority. I love watching the women's game on the professional level. I think there's a lot of talent. If you love the game of basketball, you love to watch it. It just hasn't caught on. Uh, there's just not enough basketball junkies out there, in my opinion, that don't that give the women enough respect. But they are getting support from their peers in the NBA, and uh, we love them here locally. Hopefully, to, to continue to turn out. I would love to check out a game with you, Spence, once we get everything going back uh, in the right direction as a as a whole in the state of Nevada. Uh, but this team is certainly exciting to watch. We know they still don't shoot a lot of threes at volume. Uh, but you mentioned Cam Bays. She's dominant down there. They have her back this year. So uh, if you missed any part of the show, make sure you check out the YouTube channel, Brad the Believer, and any of the podcast versions, uh, Landry Football Conference Call. We'll be back with you on Thursday. Have a great night, everyone. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.